glad you are here today to uh, kick off a brand new section and a brand new study together as a church. We have made it through Genesis, um, and and so we're going to head on into Exodus. We just feel like it's fitting to roll straight through that. Uh, I do think after we wrap up Exodus, which will probably get us all the way to 2023, we'll we'll jump back into the New Testament after that. And so thinking about Luke or Hebrews, uh, one of those two, praying through those, so you can just kind of get a, there's a little bit of foreshadowing and a little taste of that. But before we jump into Exodus, I can't think of a better way um, to jump into Exodus than to wrap up with a test on Genesis, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves tests. Uh, right? Some of you guys' hands just got sweaty, didn't they? Whose hands just got sweaty when we talked about a test? Let, let's, let's do this. You're ready for it. Uh, there were four major events as we journeyed all the way through uh, the book of Genesis. I'll give you the first one. All right? So the first one is a freebie, which everybody should know anyway. And you're like, no, Troy, that's the easiest one. The first major event in Genesis was creation, right? right, You got that. After that, everything was good. Adam and Eve had a big blowout. We moved from creation into the second major event of Genesis. As a result of sin, there was the the fall. Boom, the second major event. After the fall, um, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And so God destroyed the world with a flood, the third major event in Genesis After the flood, the population boomed. Um, They worshipped unity, actually, and unity can be a bad thing. And and so they thought they could do everything without God. And so at the Tower of Babel, God did what to them? Scattered. (laughs) Yeah, scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, right? Yeah, sent them out. Y'all did it. Good job. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. The four major events of the book of Genesis. Y'all studied that line by line, verse by verse. um, And it was awesome. The four major events. After the four major events in Genesis, there are then four major what? Four major people. Yeah. So, God chose a pagan stargazer. I will never forget Tyler's sermon on that. It was just, that one locked in my brain. It was was, was so good. um, That God can choose a pagan stargazer for him. His glory, He can choose any of us. That's, that's so great. Uh, so, so out of that, God chose this pagan stargazer um, to start a nation and a divine covenant, and His name was Abraham. So He was the first of the four major people. That covenant was then passed on to one of His sons. He had two sons. One of them ended up being the leader of what is known as Muslims today. Um, but it went from Abraham, the covenant promised then to who? Isaac, yep, Isaac, the second major person of the book of Genesis. And then after that, uh, God said of Isaac, um, your oldest son will serve the younger son. No matter what you think about it, that's going to happen. And then that was passed on, the covenant promise from Abraham, Isaac to Jacob. Yep, the third major person of Genesis. And then as we wrapped up Genesis, it moved on to the fourth major person of Genesis. Went from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Those sons sold one of their brothers into slavery. He ended up becoming Pharaoh of Egypt. Well, second in command to Pharaoh. And he was Joseph. You did it. That's it. That is the book of Genesis. Four major events, four major people. And I love that you love the text. 
I love that our church loves the text. Um, that's, that's a really neat thing. May God pour blessings throughout the rest of your life through the book of Genesis. I pray that every time you read it, that maybe some of the things that we were able to journey through together will come back to you. Because let's be honest, as a church family, we will never study that book together again. Um, we won't make it that long. We won't be alive that long. So, anyways, um, Johnny Eubanks did a fantastic job wrapping it up, did he not, last week? Yes, he, he did. Um, and then also, I want to give mad props. Can you say mad props in church? Um, I want to give mad props to Randall Gillum, who loads these sermons up to the website. He is incredible, phenomenal. Within the hour, it was up, and we were listening to Johnny's message driving home from Tennessee. Um, So, Randall, thank you, brother, for all that you do. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, so with that said, that's where we're left with. We're left with Joseph. Joseph is leading Egypt for Pharaoh. All is well with the nation of Israel. And that is exactly where Exodus kicks off. So all of that recap of Genesis, because that's how Exodus begins. If you don't understand Genesis, you won't understand Exodus. And, and so we're left there. Let's learn a few things before we dive into the journey of Exodus and before we go dive into a pool today, um, Sam Calloway is going to do a cannonball tonight. I wanted you guys to know that ahead of time. But before we watch Sam Calloway do a cannonball, uh, let's, let's dive into some of these things about the journey we're going to go through Exodus. First thing is this. Why the name? Why the name Exodus? Literally, the name Exodus means the way out. Now, that should tell you something about what the book of Exodus is going to be about. It's, it's the way out. The nation of Israel um, is definitely being provided for by the Lord. He's still blessing them, but they are not in the promised land of Canaan. Again, they've left it again. And so the whole book of Exodus is going to be about this Exodus out of slavery into back into the promised land. That's why the name Exodus is there. So it literally means the way out. The author, who wrote this book? Moses. Now, Jesus said that Moses wrote the book, so I'm going to go with Jesus on this, okay? Like, that's pretty much the ultimate trump card. Like, where'd you get that answer from? Jesus, well, okay, well, that's... It's a pretty good answer, right? So in John chapter 7 and John chapter uh, 5, Jesus is the one who says Moses gave the law or wrote the law. Um, so this is part of the law. So the author here would be Moses. Now this is a spoiler alert if you don't know the entire book of Exodus. This is a partial spoiler, but it's this. There was an entire generation of Israelites born in Egypt. and So that's all they knew. All they knew was the Egyptian culture. And so as they're being led out of the land, Moses is explaining to them, hey, we're not Egyptians. That's not who we are. And so they're asking questions, well, then who are we? What do we believe? Who is our God? How does this come about? And so that's what the book of Exodus is all about, him answering these questions. So that's what, it's going to be a fantastic ride, but it's rooted in a real historical narrative. And so this is the author. The content. If Genesis was the children's hands-on museum in downtown Tuscaloosa, Exodus is Disney World, right? And some of the stories in Genesis are still burned in your brain where you're like, I cannot believe that happened 
And I can't believe that's in the Bible, right? Exodus is a roller coaster ride of all kinds of exciting things and movements. Um, it's set under the hot desert sun of Egypt. Um, there's a competition that's going to take place between magic and miracles. Um, God's going to send plagues of frogs and fire, um, snakes. There's this cultural pressure on the nation of Israel. But then there's also this divine Passover. Um, It's how the law came about. There's bread, quite literally, falling from the sky. Um, There's all kind of these movements that are going on. It's a roller coaster ride, church. It really is. And I'm excited about that roller coaster ride. You need to be here. You need to bring friends. You need to invite people and see what Exodus how it speaks to our lives right now, every single day. Um, So that's the content. Now, theologically. Theologically, what are we going to see in Exodus? Theologically, and I'm I'm going to make a bold statement here, and I I don't mean this tritely, and I don't mean this um, as shock factor, okay? I, I just genuinely mean what I'm about to say. Theologically, it is totally impossible to understand the substitutionary atonement of Christ without understanding Exodus. You cannot understand what Christ accomplished, specifically penal substitutionary atonement. You cannot understand that without understanding Exodus. That's why we're going to study this book. It's the foundation, it's the bedrock of literally what we understand in the gospel work, the gospel life, and what Christ actually accomplished. Here's here's what I'm trying to get at. A lot of you guys grew up, like me, hearing um, gospel quartet songs like, um, um, When He was on the cross, I was on His mind. Uh, Okay, I know that was terrible, and we'll leave the singing to Brit and all that kind of stuff. Is that what happened on the cross? Partially. Were you the reason that He accomplished the substitutionary atoning work? Were you the reason that He offered Himself in a bloody death? Partially. And so, if you don't understand that Christ accomplished the divine substitution that on the cross, a large portion of that was, I will drink the full cup of wrath to satisfy a judiciary legal standing before the Lord, then you'll miss the whole point of the cross. There's just so much more. Christ is victor, yes. He is Lord, yes. But there was a wrath that really had to be satisfied. And so on the cross, there's this picture that's so much more full and Exodus is going to unravel that. You're going to see it. You're going to see, yes, Christ covered our sin, but more importantly, the Father's wrath had to be satisfied. So when Christ was on the cross, the Father was on His mind. We were on His mind, sure, but the the Father's wrath had... See, look, now I'm going to turn into preacher. I told you it was an introduction... It's so good. I cannot wait for you to dive into the fullness of all that occurs through the book of Exodus theologically. So with that said, Egypt is going to look a lot like sin's captivity. Pharaoh is going to look a lot like Satan. Israel is going to look a lot like the church. Moses is going to look a lot like Jesus, but he's going to be sinful. 
Um, and, and then God is going to be the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. You're going to see all of these things unfold. And so I'd even suggest to you, and, and you knew a chart was coming, right? You knew the chart was coming. I would suggest to you that the whole flow of the book of Exodus can be laid out right here, just like this, in the gospel. You're going to see sin, you're going to see substitution, you're going to see sanctification, you're going to see salvation. You're going to see all of these things. <clears throat> the word salvation, I'll go ahead and admit it ahead of time. I needed another S. Um, that really could be celebration of salvation, but we're going to roll with salvation to just keep the thing going there. Um, but these are how the chapters are laid out. 1 through 11 is going to be all about sin. 12 through 17 is going to be this substitution. 18 through 24 is going to be how do you grow in sanctification. 25 through 40 is going to be the celebration of salvation. All of this, you're going to see Israel's choices and then God's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace and then the worship of God's glory. It's going to be, it's going to be a good ride, church. This is going to be a good book. So there's your chart for you. And, and then with that said, we're going to have a tagline. The tagline all over your handouts, all over the foyer, simply this. It is the story of what it looks like to go from slavery to salvation. Our plan, as far as the timeline goes, this is the beauty of being an exegetical church, is you know what's next. Here's what's next. Boom. Lord willing. I'll go ahead and throw it out there to Lord willing. Here's what's going to happen um, from July today all the way through November the 27th. I added us a couple of adjustment Sundays. That'll get us into Thanksmas where we will all eat deviled eggs together and uh, foods and, and, and celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, but I've added these couple of adjustment Sundays. That, that's what you're looking forward to. Your community groups can guide through this, study through this together, chew through it together. If you're not a part of a community group, start one. Start a community group of your friends and journey through this book together. All that to say, I'm excited particularly about two things through the book of Exodus. One is this. The theme of redemption is unavoidable. It's, it's redemption on every page. Every Sunday, we're going to walk away excited about how God redeems and how God restores the beauty of God's redemption. We're going to see that over and over and over. We're going to see God flex His power in miraculous ways. There better be some shouts, okay? Um, it, God is going to, he's going to do some power flexes that only God can accomplish. We're going to see this all the way from festivals to garments to um, rocks spitting out water to, to staffs turning into snakes, all kind of things, okay? It's, it's going to be a wild ride. So redemption, I'm excited about that. But number two, and I'll end on this. Number two, in the good old USA, and I love our country, Freedom has been boiled down to this. You be you. You be you. And freedom is, if you are you, then you'll find joy. So we largely define freedom as freedom from. Freedom from any type of control, any type of submission. No one is over me. I am free. And that's celebrated, right? Now, here's the problem. As we all know, if you live your life in complete, utter, just freedom, at the end of the day, there's actually more confusion and not joy. Now, here's what we're going to find in Exodus. In Exodus, the definition of freedom is going to be this. 
Not freedom from, but freedom to something. Particularly, freedom to someone. And what we're going to find out is this, that if you submit to God's will, you will find freedom like you have never known and joy endlessly. And I'm excited about that. I think God's going to break some chains for some people. Not freedom from to just go be whoever I want to be, but freedom to something greater and something glorious that will truly bring us joy. Ready for it? It's going to be good. And I'm done today. So there's that. Hey, hey. Hey, let's pray together as the band comes back up and we're going to celebrate together. Well, Lord, we as a church right now commit Exodus to you. Lord, we're thankful for the book. We're thankful that by your divine grace and your divine sovereignty, you gave us this book. And so I'm going to pause right now and across the room, if you would, please beg the Spirit to use the book of Exodus to change our lives for the glory of Christ. Pray, church. Pray right now. Well, Lord, if you would be gracious to us, Show us how truly we are enslaved to sin, but how much more by Your grace, through Christ, You have freed us to salvation. God, that through this journey, these next six months, if but one finally finds freedom, then it was all worth it. Freedom to submit to Christ. Freedom to give their life away. Freedom to find forgiveness. Freedom to find grace. Freedom to be set free from works. Freedom. Lord, set people free as we journey through the book of Exodus. We love you, Lord. We don't love you like we ought to, but man, we love you. (laughs) Grow our love for you still more through this book. Be Christ the victor who died for us. And be Christ the victor who was the substitutionary atoning one to satisfy the wrath of God and to turn the Father's snarl into a smile perpetually for His children. Jesus, we love You. We worship You. It's Your name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's stand and let's sing together.